Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to our virtual weekend gatherings that we've been having together, a time of worship, teaching, and, and hopefully that's leading to some great discussions in your missional communities as well. Uh, this week we're going to continue our Illuminate series in 1 John as we kind of start to evolve to the second half of this letter as Neil shared last week, doing a phenomenal job kind of explaining so well this idea of righteousness and understanding what it looks like for us as believers to really walk in the light that God is talking about, how it begins to shift in this part of the letter, talking about that God is love. And so we're going to jump right into the second half of chapter three in this. But before we kind of start reading the passage itself, I, I want us to think about this idea of love, right? It's, it's one of, if not the most overused word in our culture today. And we so often think about how we love each other as a more recent phenomenon, but uh, it's really been around forever. Uh, this is how hard it's been for us to love, get along with people, right? And and I say that because I think about just in the last probably five years or so, I feel like it's not that it's become any easier or more difficult for you to love someone, but this idea of acceptance and love and approval have all been kind of tangled up together into this ball that we call love. And we want to love each other. We want to support each other. We want to accept everyone. We want to approve everyone. And these words just kind of get tangled up into this ball that we oftentimes culturally call love. And the problem, obviously, is for so many of us that we want to draw lines and kind of separate this tangled mess and start to say, well, I can love these people or I can love everyone well, but it's got to look like this, right? We start to put conditions to it. And I think one of the things that's really been helpful for me uh, was thinking back to the fall of last year. We had an author and a pastor by the name of Dan White, come and share about this idea of love over fear, a book that he had written. And as I read through the book and remember even back to that night where Dan shared and asked some really pointed questions and told some amazing stories, it began to really unlock for me this idea that love really doesn't have these conditions to it. And as much as I would love to pretend like my love doesn't have conditions, I would say all of us have conditional love in our heart towards various people or situations. And I think like anything, the first step is not being in denial, but it's understanding who we are called to love and as Christ followers, what that looks like. And so I thought about love in this context of chapter three and first John, and I thought about love in two forms. You have the natural type of love and the supernatural type of love. The natural way of loving someone is simple. You love them the way that they love you. So if I treat you well, if I'm kind, considerate, caring, supportive towards you, then 
the world, our culture would suggest that, hey, respond the same way back, right? So I'm going to naturally, if you do that to me, I'm going to love, support, care, be kind to consider it back to you. If you're indifferent towards me, you just kind of don't care and you do your thing, I'll do my thing, then the natural way of responding would be to be indifferent towards that person as a result. Again, nothing bad, just indifferent, right? And then the the other third way I would say that the natural way people respond is out of hatred, out of anger, frustration, negativity. And we don't ever like to use the word hatred. It's such a polarizing word, uh, but it, it's so true when we look at the venom and the poison that comes out of our mouths and our actions for that matter towards other people, especially once it's been done to you, it's like we've been given this permission slip to return the favor to other people. And this is the natural way that the world has interacted for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. This is not a new concept to respond to someone the way that they respond to you. And then as we see throughout scriptures, but especially in the life of Jesus, we're unlocked to this new way of thinking when it comes to love, that that true Christ-centered love is that regardless of how someone treats you, you respond in love. When someone loves you, you love them back. When someone is different towards you, you love them. You pursue them. In situations where someone is negative, uh, even hateful towards you, you love them back. Now, Obviously, that sounds great. And so many people, especially within the Christian faith, will sign off on that and say, absolutely, we are called to love everyone. And yet, the reality is, we're no different than people who call into talk radio, right? There's no actions involved. There's no real truth to hold on to for us. And this is not just a, a, an awakened church problem. This is a probably not even fair to say it's it's an American church problem. This is a global problem that we have pertaining to not allowing the Holy Spirit to do what it does best within us, to channel this Christ-like love and care for people. Instead, we quickly resort to these natural ways of loving people, responding the same way that we're being treated. And, and this happens not just from a Christ follower to someone who's not yet a believer, this also happens from Christ follower to Christ follower, right? I mean, think about social media, how easy it is for us, no matter what the debate is nowadays, for us to respond in the same form or fashion that someone responded to us. And we totally justify it in the sense of, well, this is how they did, so this is what I brought back to the table. And no wonder things escalate so quickly when this is the natural form of love that we live in, even as Christ followers. And so, as we talked about in this very beginning of the Illuminate series, John talks over 40 times about love in this letter. And there's really nothing that is seismically brand new, profound to most of us as we read through this letter. But there are so many things that if we were to really stop and examine, and I hope that you have done this. I know I had done this in the series. If you stop and examine your heart, your mind, your your actions, and think through, yeah, I, I can subscribe to that way of thinking, or yeah, I believe that, but 
there's a missing piece. And oftentimes for us, it's usually in our hands and feet and how we're kind of walking this out, how we're living it out as, as Christ followers. And this idea of loving each other is no different. So as you look with me in 1 John chapter 3, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm just going to kind of allude to it. But verses 11 through 13 start out this way. Uh, in 1 John, he says, This is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And then he tells basically a case study of Cain and Abel. So dating back to Genesis chapter 4, uh, the first two brothers we have in the Genesis story, um, they are two uh, brothers having different roles within their families, both bringing sacrifices to the Lord. Uh, the scriptures say that, that God uh, rejected Cain's uh, offering to him, his, the things he brought with his hands and with his heart, and uh, accepted Abel's. And Cain went back angry. God rebuked him for that, gave him some instruction of how to correct that. Cain rejected what the Lord had said to him. And instead we see our first uh, case of murder in scripture. And it's this story that, that John is telling us as a reminder that it's so easy for us to succumb to the disconnect between our heart and our hands, especially when it comes to love. That, you see, Cain brought something to the Lord that was no different, his, his very first, his best to the Lord, just like Abel did. But the disconnect was that his heart wasn't the right place. And Hebrews tells us that Cain's heart was not at all towards trying to walk with God, to please God, to serve God. It was about him trying to become more like God. Whereas Abel's heart and his gift were in one accord together. And so this is the first step in understanding what separates supernatural love from the natural love. is when our hearts and our hands easily flow the same type of love all the way through. And so I don't know your heart, right? I, I truly don't. You don't know my heart. But we have to remember and check ourselves at times when we are so quick to show tangible signs of love, giving a gift, uh, sending someone an encouraging message, open the door for someone, whatever the case is, big, medium, small, doesn't matter. But when our hearts are in the wrong place, right, we're no different from like a, a good old like Southern lady getting about like a, a, a woman saying like, oh, bless her heart or, you know, speaking so kind of someone and then in turn, uh, you know, gossiping about them behind their back. It's no different, right? And this idea of love for us is so often found that way in our culture, both from within the church and outside of the church, that we respond out of love because we know we're supposed to do that, but really our heart is absolutely unchanged and we're usually either indifferent or possibly even carrying hatred that's rooted in our hearts. But John says that we are called to love everyone. And that message, again, is not anything new. It's been around since the early Ten Commandments. It's been around since Jesus said, love God, love people. And John is illustrating that another step in this direction of how we love and care for each other. And then he finishes up that first section by saying, but don't be surprised if the world hates you for this kind of love. And when you stop and think about it, whenever someone responds in genuine love in a situation where 
It doesn't make any sense. People naturally reject that. People naturally push against that. And, and again, I hope that that's not the case. But John says, don't be surprised. If you're loving with the conditions of being loved back, don't be surprised when it doesn't happen that way. Don't be surprised when you go to love someone with supernatural love and other Christians don't follow suit. Don't be surprised. Because the world, not speaking to non-believers, is not the context here of this idea of world. It speaks to the culture that we live in. Our culture, again, Christian or, or, or not, is to love someone the same way they love you. And so we have these conditions in which we choose to love people. And unfortunately, the church doesn't look a whole lot different a lot of times than the world around us. And then if we keep reading in the passage John begins to talk about how we as brothers and sisters within this family of God that we've been talking about, how we love each other well. And then we jump down to verse 16, and this is what I want to read for a few uh, verses here, what John says. He says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. And if we skip forward to verse uh, 18, uh, he continues by saying, dear children, Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stay before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. This idea of love is the exclamation point of supernatural love for us as Christ followers. And, and again, I think when we get so tangled up in this idea of love and acceptance and approval in the world that we're in today, when we're not careful, we can confuse this idea of what we are called to do. And it's so, so easy. It's the first easiest step for me in my life to say, yeah, but, and justify my actions for not conducting myself with supernatural love. Yeah, but... I'm excusing my behavior in the natural form of love because of this, because this is how they treated me, because this was the environment I found myself in. And supernatural love has no place for the, yeah, but. Think about that. Supernatural love has no place for the, yeah, but. And yet so often we find ourselves regularly in that place of excusing our behavior, pulling out all of the procedures and guidelines as to why this is an acceptable behavior for us. But even Jesus speaks about that idea of not hating someone because it turns our very hearts into acts of murder at times. And I think part of what would separate the true Christ-following culture that we want to see happen is if we were to really put that kind of love into action. There are songs after songs, movies after movies, books after books written about what it means to love other people. Why, why can't we all get along? Why is there not more love in this world? And the truth is, Jesus has placed the church, the body of believers, in the most opportunistic ways for us to love each other well. 
not just to love people who aren't yet Christ followers, but to love each other well. And then as the world observes that kind of love, they will see truth. But how often do we get that reversed? Where we want the world to see truth and then we'll love. But really that's no different than a form of a natural way of loving someone. If you're willing to see the truth on this matter we're discussing, on this topic that you don't seem to get, if you're willing to see the truth about the behaviors that you're not conducting yourself well in, or the truth about this theological point, then you won't receive the love from me that you're supposed to. And yet, John, obviously speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit, mirroring the very words of Jesus, tells us that the world will know what true love is by the ways in which you and I interact with each other. It's okay that we disagree sometimes. It's absolutely acceptable that we carry different opinions, different interpretations of scripture, different ways of even conducting our Christian faith and community at times. But the world looks at the church and doesn't see love first and foremost, then we're missing the most powerful, contagious message that Jesus has given us because Jesus himself came and gave his life up as the greatest form of love. And we can give our lives up and love each other well by the ways in which we show those actions, by the ways in which we speak with our words. I, I think about how many relationships I have, friends, family, people that I work with, people that I'm acquaintances with, people I've known for my whole life, and people I've known for a few weeks. And how often I'm guilty and convicted of those moments where my love is in the natural forms and not the supernatural. Our relationships often define who we are as people. If I choose to love someone well, they will define that relationship in a loving way, thus seeing Jesus in my relationship with them. And in turn, maybe they take that and show that same type of love to someone else and someone else and continue to pay it forward. And then all of a sudden, this powerful supernatural love begins to blur the lines from my life into someone else's life, into someone else's life, into someone else's life. Not because of anything I did other than simply showing love. When I understand in my head that God is love and that I am a missionary carrying that love with me, it then begins to change my heart towards people. I don't honestly have to approve of everything that everyone does in this world. That would be impossible, exhausting, and, and not realistic. But understanding instead how to love someone, accept them as God's creation, look them in the eyes and say, let me show you what real supernatural love looks like. It would begin to drastically, supernaturally change the way the world understands love. 
and how we define relationships. So often the church is known for a lot of other things. So tonight I want to read the last few verses here with this and then give you a few questions. He says, as we continue the last little bit, he says in verse 23, and this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. May the world see the love that lives in you because of the spirit living inside of you. May the world know who Jesus is and know the name of Jesus because of the way that you love and accept other people. May you take moments to be honest with yourself in ways that you're loving people naturally and not supernaturally. And may we all learn to imitate Jesus and how we lay down our lives, our agendas, our wants and desires, and learn to love everyone well. This week, here are a few questions I want you to consider in your missional communities. The first one is, as you think about these three ways of natural love, loving someone, being indifferent towards someone, or hating someone, what do you see in the world today? Secondly, as you begin to think about shifting natural ways of loving into supernatural ways of loving, let's be honest, how does that make you feel? And then lastly, what's one thing you can do this week? Who is one person that you can reach out to this week that maybe you've been indifferent or even had hatred towards? that you can show a practical form of supernatural love to. What's one thing you can do who's one person you can reach out to show supernatural love in a place where you've been indifferent or maybe even shown hatred? Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.